Hello and welcome to the Resilient Leader Podcast, brought to you by Firestarter Business Solutions, igniting and sustaining your business growth. This new podcast series is all about finding out what makes business leaders tick and, in particular, how they deal with the ups and downs that are an inevitable part of being the boss. During this podcast series, we are going to be meeting lots of different business leaders from many different organisations to find out their approach to business success in an uncertain world. My name is Dave Harris, and today I am very happy to welcome Jane O'Gorman to the podcast. Jane is director at 10 to 2 Recruitment Agency. They are experts in flexible recruitment and consulting. Jane is a senior recruitment specialist who is passionate about providing an exceptional service to clients and candidates. Following university and a degree in Spanish and French, Jane started her career as a chartered accountant before turning her skills to the world of recruitment in 2007 when 10 to 2 was launched. So Jane, I, I suppose the obvious question that I kind of am itching to ask you is why did you switch from being a chartered accountant to working in the world of recruitment and, and what's your role now at 10 to 2? Hi, Dave. Um, well, interestingly, I think once an accountant, always an accountant. So that hasn't really left me as such. But I think often what you'll find is that uh, whether you've started off in practice or commerce, you often find accountants moving in perhaps to owner-managed businesses or moving into a, an MD or direct, director setting within business. And for me, that transition from working in a large commercial organisation was very much about being part of a business that I felt passionate about. And when John and Deborah O'Sullivan decided to launch Tent2 in 2007, I was very much invested in what they were hoping to achieve and wanted to be part of that. You know, they could see that there's an amazing talent pool of professionals out there who were super keen um, to get back into the workplace or to find a flexible working role. And there was no organisation, no business out there providing that service. And effectively, that is how Tend2 evolved. And, and for me, I had been in that situation. I had been uh, working in the city, uh, then had a young family and looking to really use my skills and trying to find the channels to do that were, were actually really quite frustrating. And I wanted to find a way that other people could benefit and, and find a business like ours who could help them and equally for businesses who were looking for people with great talent but didn't necessarily need them full time to find a way to to reach them too so if for, for me it was an easy easy transition easy swap you know to make that move into 10 to 2 13 years ago so you've been there 13 years and and obviously grown with the business so 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 tell me about your role today i mean i described you as director but uh, what, what does that actually mean Yes, I mean, absolutely. So we have evolved over those 13 years and um, it's one of those learning processes, you know, as you join a business, uh, there is an element, no matter what background you come from, even if you've got a good finance head on your shoulder, uh, there are responsibilities that come with being a director and how to manage. And so we were involved and I was involved from the early days in pretty much every element of the business. And that would have been focusing on those members coming through in a traditional recruitment fashion, uh, working with clients, so businesses looking for resource, but equally because of my finance head, I certainly had an eye on the figures at the same time. Uh, so I would have said initially as a, as a small team, 
fingers and lots of pies. But what you then tend to do as the business has grown is start to bring in that additional resource to support the business. So, you know, my role has moved on, I would say, from being deep in the operational side of it on a regular basis to doing that, but equally having an overview and a strategic input and how the business develops and grows ahead and into the future. So you're definitely in a leadership role now in the the sense that you, you have to look after the people that are, are there at the operational coalface, as it were, that you used to do yourself and, and, and still do to an extent. So let me now turn to the subject of the podcast, which is leadership resilience, and ask you what role and how important you think resilience is in leadership and whether it's something you're conscious of or whether it's something that you think is just it's kind of part and parcel of where you are. I think it's something that you always have to be conscious of. There are certain responsibilities that come with leadership. I I don't think it's a given. Um, And I certainly think the person that I am today and the way I lead today is not the same as the person that I may have been when we launched 10 to 2 in 2007. You know, a lot of that comes with learning. But as you grow a business with that comes responsibility. You know, and, and there is a responsibility there to, to the team that we bring on board and being able to support them through the good times, through the growth and through the difficult times, in particular with what we're seeing now. Um, and that extends equally out to, you know, our clients and to our members, or those candidates who are registered with us and, um, you know, to the third parties that we work with. So, yeah, absolutely, there is a responsibility. And resilience, I think, is, is fundamental. You need to be absolutely conscious and aware of it, yeah. So given that and the, the importance of resilience, do you think it matters more now that we're in this obvious global crisis that we're all living through? Or, or actually, is it is it something that's important in normal times anyway? So really, this is, you know, the, the, the way you act in normal times is, is just you just do more of the same when we're going through a big crisis like this. I think, obviously, we have been through one, uh, if you like, financial crisis already. And I think that you can deal with your day-to-day, things will come up, there will be problems to solve, solutions to find, uh, people to serve. But obviously, when there is anything as significant as, as what we're dealing with now, then you do have to readjust. There's no way that I, I, don't, I think it would be difficult not to think about how to readjust and how to, to manage. And we certainly have a lot of learnings from the, you know, we launched in 2007 and had a fantastic start just before, you know, we went into the financial crisis very, very shortly after setting up. And with that comes a lot of learning. And so I think what it does is it gives you ammunition. You know, it learns, provides tools, I think, to be able to cope with circumstances and those tools can be used in a day-to-day environment whether it's a minor matter and you might apply the same skills Uh, I'm happy to expand on what I think they are as equally as if it were a major crisis but I think you still need certain ways of dealing with things that would probably facilitate and support both. I I will ask you about those tools because I I want to find out some of the specifics but but before I do that I wonder whether we could just you could just tell me whether there have been any particular 
aspects of the current crisis that have been, you know, that stand out as particularly challenging? In other words, has that, you know, some of the ways you've had to adapt and that sort of thing, whether there's been some noteworthy stuff there above and beyond the normal challenges of business? I'd probably have to take you back historically, Dave, um, in the sense of when we launched and we had the first crisis in terms of challenges, because at the point when we hit the first financial crisis and bearing in mind we had experts from flexible recruitment, uh, we had to make decisions then. And our decisions, which would have been the challenge we would have faced now, had we not made it then, was about what was fundamental and what was important for the business. And that was choosing really people over bricks. And by that, it's about thinking about costs, thinking about what was important for the business to survive and to manage and to be able to grow in the future. And I think for the past number of years, we have been working predominantly remotely and flexibly. And I think what that gave us when we went into lockdown was an ability to cope and adapt much quicker. So had that not been the case, and if it weren't what we were doing, the challenge would have been much greater. What I should say, though, is perhaps where the challenges were was in um, trying to support other people who weren't so familiar as well. So trying to help them through it, Um, because it has been a very difficult journey for some um, who have not been accustomed to working remotely or being able to adapt. And let me ask you now about some of the specifics of your your own approach to resilience as a leader and whether you have particular habits or rituals, routines in your everyday life that help you to kind of remain centred and, and, and anchored, as it were, uh, keep things in perspective and so on. Yes, definitely. I mean, I think it's important not to to panic when difficult situations arise. So I think being reflective can help. So it's always about assessing, measuring, observing, and then be reactive. So I would say for me personally, in terms of tools, I would primarily, I think, first and foremost, um, take some moments, particularly in the mornings, I tend to do that, just some time to think before acting tasks, lists, setting up the day and being mindful of um, those around and who we need to support on a daily basis too. So in terms of tools, it would be about listening, about planning, about coordinating and collaborating. And I think more than ever, and, and particularly in the current environment that we're in, those are very, very important tools that we really need to be thinking about um, in terms of managing the business, listening and collaborating and supporting, because we're all in the same boat. You know, this is not an isolated incident. It's not one. I know some businesses are having a much harder struggle than others, and we need to try and do what we can to support as many as we can. But being able to share and think about how we can do that and how we can do it well, uh, I think is a, is, a, is a good approach to have, particularly when you think about in the most recent months, you know, we've had difficult times, but actually uh, this is probably the first time businesses have had to see their home, not only as their office, but as their educational environment. There's been a lot of things to adapt to Um, So being able to understand that and to be able to support that, um, those are some of the values and, um, 
you know, areas that I've been trying to help and and help focus and support. Now, I know you said that you learnt a lot of lessons from the 2008 financial crisis, which obviously was, was, was something that your business had to live through at a very young age because you'd only been going a year. But notwithstanding the lessons that you learnt then, have there been lessons that the last six months have taught you? Have, have, have things happened that have maybe changed your mind about any aspect of your business philosophy? as a result of the current crisis or or indeed confirmed things uh, about your business approach? Yes, interestingly. So I would have said in that first crisis, I think when you're new and it's a bit like, um, you know, maturity is a great thing, isn't it? But when you learn from experiences and when, when the crisis hit initially, Perhaps we were thinking, we can plug on, we can plug on. But I think the learning from this current one was very much about initially protecting. Protect the business first, you know. I'd rather protect a a fall than, than put a plaster on a cut. So I think there has been learnings. In this current um, situation, there are still learnings. There's always learnings for every business. So absolutely. And certainly the digital needs have been much greater. So we're learning all the time about how we can work better digitally, uh, make improvements digitally and connect digitally. Where I can see reassurance is that a lot of what we've been trying to persuade businesses about for the past 13 years, um, about how flexible and remote working can be productive, um, we are getting so much positive feedback from businesses now saying we're going to think differently in the future. You know, uh, how do we do it? So perhaps our consulting side is becoming a bit more important um, for clients who might not have considered flexible or remote working historically. So I think there have been reassurances there that the talent pool that we've been persuading businesses to reach out to will now have opportunities. You know, so that creates hope, I think, for a wider talent pool and a better balance in the workplace. Do you think as a leader that it's part of your responsibility to have a positive influence over your team, you know, to, to in, in other words, to transfer some of the, the coping skills, some of the, some of the ways in which you are resilient to your people so that they, they too can take on some of that resilience? I think it, it's, it's important and it can help to lead by example. You can't force, I don't think you can force it. Um, and I think people need to want to take on, you know, certain ways of, of how they be- behave. But I would say certainly leading by example or showing support and showing coping mechanisms and ways of finding solutions and how to manage definitely helps. And we as an organisation, even though we are remote now, uh, collectively get together on a regular basis you know this is again we talked about the digital you can't be tangible but you can be seen you can be heard and so absolutely and and that's a, de- a definite platform for us we've we're a very transparent open organization you know and everyone in our organization has a voice um, and I think that by seeing how we are hopefully that helps them that enables them it, it allows them to express how they feel and um, and yeah, absolutely. And we learn from them as much as they learn from us. You know, although we leaders, you're always learning. And so, yeah, absolutely. And I wonder also, did you think your 
business resilience translates into personal resilience. You know, in other words, you know, the sort of techniques and things that you that you employ for business to cope with the ups and downs of business, you know, also help you in your personal life because because obviously we all have ups and downs in our personal lives and 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 of course these days with with working from home uh, you know work and 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 personal are obviously interlinked in many ways so so do you find you can you know they they cross the divide these these techniques I think if you you manage and you find ways of coping, I think sometimes those mechanisms you use, it'd be hard not to, it would be hard to segregate. So absolutely, I think elements um, that I have in my work life and the way I manage that definitely cross over. But equally, there are lessons that I've learned as a mother, I would say as well, you know, um, that I use and skills that I use, um, patience is an incredible quality. <laughs> and um, and I think there are many elements that you can take from business into your personal and personal into your business. I think where you need to be very careful is absolutely using those tools, but being able to segregate the two and not let your business and your personal become one. You know, because this is where we can run a risk, particularly when we're all working remotely now, you know, and actually just seeing it as one big picture. So you still need to be able to differentiate between the two. Part of the inspiration for these podcasts was the was the fast start of forums, as you know, and uh, and I know you've been involved in one or two of those over the over the lockdown. And, and, and I wonder what you think of that sort of thing of of forums and online or, or otherwise for that matter and in particular the fast start forum whether you think that's a, a helpful part of of a coping mechanism for a leader i completely think it's a very good mechanism and i absolutely support it i was delighted uh, you know when chris made contact and i think the fire starter forums have been a really you know powerful platform over the last few months uh, for businesses to be able to come together I think that being able to share, I don't know, um, you know, you may agree, I think several people would agree that sometimes when things are tricky and when there are bigger struggles, for whatever reason, people tend to be a little bit more transparent, a little bit more open. There's almost permission to share perhaps some of the difficulties that we may be going through and or um, ask for help. You know, we, we, we are experts and we know what we know, but we don't know everything. And to be able to share other business experiences and learn from them is a wonderful thing. So when you can't physically see people, to be able to come together like that, uh, I think has been very, very valuable. And I've made some fantastic connections and, and certainly picked up some really useful tips as a result of the Firestarter forums. I wonder, before we finish, Jane, if, if we could just talk a little bit about uh, about what's next, uh, because clearly we're in a, a, a very un a particularly uncertain period at the moment, not really knowing how long this is all going to last and that sort of thing. So I wonder whether, given that I, I think you'd agree that resilient, part of resilience is, is the ability to plan and the ability to sort of have a target and, and know where you're going, does this current situation pose particular challenges for that, you know, in knowing where you're going to be in a year's time and, and how do you deal with that? Uh, I think you always have to plan, so absolutely. And, you know, I, I touched on the protect. Initially, you want to protect what you have so you can build and plan and look ahead. But what I would say from our perspective, for 10 to 2 as an organisation and in what we do as a business, we see this as an opportunity 
for businesses to realise how they can work differently, you know, and whether that's about saving costs. So they might be looking towards flexible part-time roles, flexible recruitment. There are many people in organisations who come to us and would love to work part-time flexibly who've not had that opportunity. And so now businesses can start thinking perhaps slightly differently about, you know, how they manage the staff they have and how they recruit the people they want. So for us as an organisation, our planning predominantly is going to be for everything that we've been promoting for the past 13 years. We want to continue to do that. Uh, it may mean that our consulting side is going to be ever more important as we help and advise on that. But I think we're about to see a change in the workplace. Um, and we would have considered ourselves a pioneer at the time when we launched in 2007. And I would never, ever, you know, wish the current circumstances. It's a really, really difficult situation we're in. But you have to look for the positives. You have to say, what can we take? What can the positives be that will come out of this? And, and we will do our best as an organisation to support that. And I think we're probably quite well placed to do that too. Well, thank you, Jane. That's a nice optimistic note to end on. And, and I really appreciate you giving up your time to talk to us. It's been very, very interesting. You've been listening to the Resilient Leader podcast with my expert guest, Jane O'Gorman, director at 10 to 2 Recruitment Agency, who's been sharing some of her leadership resilience approaches with us. If you've enjoyed the podcast and found Jane's insight useful, then why not join us for one of the Firestarter forums that we were just talking about? They're held online on the second Thursday of every month. They're completely free. All you've got to do is register on the Firestarter website at www.firestartersolutions.co.uk. We look forward to you joining us for our next podcast episode. But in the meantime, please subscribe and keep listening.